This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour for this Sunday. We have in in studio Butch Carter, former Raptors coach and uh, commissioner and president of the CBL. And Dan Ranelli, teacher at uh, St. Basil's, member of the OBHA Ball Hockey Hall of Fame. And he's with us. Hi, guys. How are you? Good morning. Good good morning. Good morning. Nice to uh, be here. It's nice to have you both. Jose Bautista, we're going to start off with. Butch, what do you think of the signing? And uh, was it uh, a pressure situation that they had to sign Bautista? I I don't think they consider that they have to sign anyone. I think that... um you know, what they allowed to – what I don't like is what they allowed to happen to Jose last year. Players are going to move in and out of your system. And uh, the telecast attitude changed toward Jose. Um, and that's because the owner of the team owns the, owns the uh, TV broadcast. So, you know, they had as much, you know, as saying Jose was diminishing as anyone. And for all that he had done for the franchise, uh, in my opinion, they clearly didn't appreciate it. The fact that he's back is based off of pure money, right? He probably – he's been here nine years. He's comfortable here. He likes his team. His team is good. He probably couldn't get the money on a team. And I think Jose is about winning. He's been about winning since he's been here. Do you think Rodgers came in and stepped in with the money to, to sign him? I, I don't I don't think that it was a matter of Rodgers stepping in. I think at the end of the day, you sign a guy to a one-year deal. You got a mutual on, on the next. So basically – you know, he could set the house on fire and they still could walk away because they've got some other needs that are coming up uh, with other players. So it just depends on where they want to land on the salary cap. It would make it, it also would make a difference if the dollar fluctuated and, uh, and the Canadian dollar uh, went strong against the U.S. dollar and got back to like in the 120, 115 range would probably help them make decisions also. Yeah, Danny, what do you think of that? Yeah, I've never been a fan of, of <clears throat> Bautista in terms of uh, his his demeanor, his attitudes. But I, I agree with Butch. You know, um, his um, he's a winner. He, he he and that's pro sports. You're here to win ball games, right? And uh, they had to do what they they needed to do to shore up their uh, their hitting problems. Okay, they lost uh, Incarnacion, and I don't think they had a choice. They had to save face. They did what uh, was best for the team and uh, what I think was a good deal for, for Jose. And uh, I think he's going to be good. I, there's, uh, we spoke off the air a little bit about the loyalty in sports, and yep. it's not there anymore. Uh, moving on to the NFL, we have four, two games today. In the, la- the last week, there was a couple of burn burners, especially the Dallas-Green Bay game. I thought that was a terrific game. Where do you see these two games going today, uh, guys? Butch? No, New England, New England, New England. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, they're they're in the situation where they they want to be. Uh, the only team that they've struggled with in the playoffs uh, historically has been Baltimore, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been a very good quarterback uh, at home in Pittsburgh, and not as good on the road. 
So I, I think th- I think that's um, you know that's the chips are going to fall where they normally fall. Um, I just you know you, you have Brown uh, you know do something stupid and um, it gets New England's attention. Anyone can say it doesn't, but you know athletes pay attention to uh, stupid stuff. And the Green Bay Dow- uh, Green Bay game against. Uh Atlanta today. Atlanta's the forgotten team all the, all the time. So. Well, emotionally, I was uh, destroyed because I couldn't believe the Cowboys couldn't get a pa- pass rush on Rodgers. And you don't get a pass rush on him, and he's on, he will kill you on AstroTurf. Um, you know, the Packers are the one franchise that's has successfully gone into Dallas in championship games and beat them to advance to the Super Bowl. Um, Aaron Rodgers is uh, hotter than a firecracker. The Atlanta franchise has had a whole mentality change. Uh, they got a, they got a Canadian up there who's done a really good job in the front office. Got the right head coach, um, and they're playing well. Their receivers are catching everything that's being thrown at them. Uh, that building is extremely loud. Uh, I think it'll be a lot louder. And so, I, I just really good game. Two really good quarterbacks. Uh, uh, but I think Atlanta comes out of there. And uh, goes back to the Super Bowl. So we have Atlanta and New England. Dan, what do you well, think? Well, interesting. I I, uh, I like uh, Rodgers, and I and I love Brady. And uh, when it comes down to uh, equally matched teams, I think all all four of these teams are, are awesome. Even Roethlisberger, you know, he's he's a veteran. He's been there before. It comes down to me. It comes down to coaching. And as much as uh, I don't like the uh, New, Ling- New England uh, coaches' attire, when he's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm more of a shirt and tie guy when it. Uh, you know, the old days of the Cowboys, but uh, he, I'll tell you, he is, every year he's back, and he just seems to get it done with a whole slew of different players. So I like New England, and I like um, uh, I like Rodgers and, uh, and the Packers. Well, I'm going to go off the board here because I think it's going to be Green Bay and uh, New England, and uh, I think Green Bay is going to beat Atlanta. I just, the past experience brings, brings it in, and Rodgers is playing awesome, playing awesome. Um, the league had a game last night, Butch. Your uh, we had, CBL game. <coughs> we, had two, we had two games. We had the, the broadcast game on Yes TV uh, on our Saturday night game, and uh, the games the games are good, and uh, the ratings show that uh, we get the ratings. Uh, uh, we get pre- that presented to us in our call on, on every Tuesday at one o'clock. Um, it's 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 really shocking that we're we're five we're getting five and six times the viewers that were projected when we did the contract with Yes. Uh, and what's really good is that they're staying. Uh, we, we have a product called CBL and 30, uh, which, you know, basically I love uh, Blue Jays and 30. Yeah. And uh, said, hey, you know, if someone's busy in their life and they can get a, you know, uh, a small appetizer of what's going on. So uh, uh, last week, over 90,000 people watched CBL and 30 at 630 slot on Yes, yes TV. So, um we are extremely anxious about uh, what we can do. We are in our infancy as a league. Um, we are making sure that we are categorizing uh, our, all of our assets, broadcast and digital. Um, and I think we're going to see really good things out of the CBL going forward. What age bracket are you are you gearing for in the future? Butch? Well, it's, it's it's strictly family friendly. It's it's family friendly, and um, we. We uh, thought that uh, it was extremely important, again, to be on one station at one time slot every week so people wouldn't have to chase us. And uh, yes, it, on Rogers is Channel 9. And we're slotted there, you know, when we launched. It, I wanted it to be the two coldest months of the year so Canucks were home uh, to watch. 
And then we've got below us, we've got uh, Hockey Night in Canada, and we've got NFL playoffs above us. So if anyone was surfing, they would, you know, take a look. They don't have to love basketball, but, you know, they would they would take a look, and that's all we could ask. So uh, the methodology was to be consistent and be in a slot where sports people were watching. So basically within five channels uh, where we're at, there, there are three act three activities uh, for sports on most nights, and then Rogers is normally having some um, – uh, either uh, OHL game or community-based game on Channel 10. Mm-hmm. So those dynamics are working for us uh, ex- extremely well. Our second-week broadcast uh, from first week was up 87%. Wow. So the audience is is growing. So it may not look like we have many fans in the stands, but we got a bunch of fans or viewers watching, and, and it's the right uh, uh, demographic. So um, uh, we would hope to expand our reach. We know how to expand our reach. Uh, the only advertising we did was on Yes TV. We could expand our reach by, by spending some advertising dollars uh, in, on other channels. But I think the most important thing was we just wanted to start out and be consistent. And uh, I think leagues try to do too much and be too many things. And we're just trying to be simple. One time slot, one night. Uh, we're, we're not going to play you know, a bunch of nights, but uh, we like what we're doing. Where are the four teams located? Scarborough plays in the Pan Am Center where the game of the week is televised. The Durham team plays at Durham College, uh, which had a game there last night. Uh, Guelph, or the Wellington team plays at the University of Guelph, a brand new 2,400-seat uh, uh, arena and broadcast center, which is uh, really nice. And Hamilton's playing at Mohawk College. So um, we would prefer to play in, a, in an arena of 2,000 seats. Mohawk is, is less than that. The rest of them are very functional for, for eventually where we want to be uh, f- uh, for, for our game. I want to discuss basketball and hockey. Uh, Dan is a AAA coach in uh, the GTHL with Vaughn, I believe, and uh, he knows how the minor hockey system works, and I do too. I was heavily involved with that. But how does it work in basketball when you're a kid, five, six years old, and you want to join a, a team, how do they do that? Well, it's, it's here. It's all it's all club based. So uh, you know, every community's got a you know basically what I call an, an amateur club base. And if if you have more money, you can pay to be on a rep team that would travel and play more games. If you're if you don't, you play in a house league and you get to play one game a week and just barely and get introduced to it. Uh, it's a system similar to what is in Europe. Uh, this system is not. Uh, what I grew up in, uh, in the States, the schools are heavily funded for sports. Uh, I actually think, you know, it's, it's a large part of the, uh, the bloodstream of, of Americans. Uh, the schools are, are well-funded for sports, all sports, boys and girls. And then all that is leads to the feeding of those boys and girls on scholarships to the American universities and colleges. So there is no athletic scholarship system uh, in Canada. Uh, like the U.S., and there never will be. Um, it all leads into the money machine called the NCAA. Uh, you know, we watched Alabama and Clemson. You know, the money that was spent to get to you know to get all there, and the money that was made, you know, through all that. Um, so you know, there's not anything like that here in Canada. And and uh, from the reports and, and case studies I've read, there you know there will not be. We're going to be back in a, after the break, and we're going to discuss basketball and the, and the youth and, and how it works in the high school system. We'll be right back.
It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponto combo, ponto combo. You get two ponto roti with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings, I say for sure. Ponto combo, ponto combo. That's nineteen ninety nine. A deal, for real. A steal. Ponzo Combo. Ponzo Combo. Yo, visit pizzaville.ca or pound 3636 from your cell phone, Wood. If you live and breathe basketball, Saturday's just got a whole lot better. Brand new to Yes TV, the Canadian Basketball League is a new home of great basketball action in Canada. Playing every Saturday on Yes TV. Good players, great basketball international rules watch the full coverage live every saturday at 8 p.m on yes tv steel's paint in woodbridge an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best superior staff superior advice superior selection superior everything when you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we want to continue about uh, youth basketball. And, um, Butch, the, you were talking about academies, I guess, in basketball. Is there many of them around? Well, the, I mean, the... The, I think the first one or the one that's best organized is uh, a run by the Tipping family in Orangeville uh, for academies. I think, you know, they had an ideal that I think one of the boys went to, uh, was in Florida to uh, at an academy and didn't like it. Or he didn't like it, was, didn't think it was functional for Canadians. Well, it's not functional for Canadians because uh, the American talent that's going to be put in there is going to be better than the Canadian talent. So, the, you know, if you're not playing, you're always complaining something's wrong. So uh, the ideal of doing an academy here, uh, it's, it's really a monetary thing. You know, if you have the money to do it and build the facilities, you know, then you can do it. The issue at the end of the day is regardless of the facilities that are built, regardless of the money that's put in, most people are unqualified to train a high-caliber athlete. That's just how I see it. I don't care what sport it is. You you've got you've got a lot of the wrong people touching an elite athlete because they've in Canada they talk about training 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 well how about coaching 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 so you know okay you tra- you trained them up and they can run as fast as their body will allow them to run and, and they've got a heartbeat but they can't think their way out of a wet paper bag so the issue with training is look I you know it's common knowledge I've said it many a time. 
you know, I became such a better basketball player when I got drafted by the Lakers and walked into practice. And there was Michael Cooper, Magic Johnson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Jamal Wilkes. And someone said to me, like, what did you learn? I learned that really talented athletes are smart. And people who are training these people have no ideal. Well, let me give you a small example, you know, and I'll let you run. So the NBA has me come in and I talk to the, all the teams at the NBA Summer League. They come bring them in the room. And the first thing I asked them is, that, uh, do you guys know when you start the game tomorrow that the guy guarding you's got 10 fouls? And they said, what are you talking about? Yeah, the, the guy guarding you in the NBA Summer League, he's got 10 fouls for the first six games. Right? So did your trainer train you to play against 10 fouls? All right? And, and it's a no. Right? So, you know, I always laugh when I see these guys with these commercials. You know, I'm the shot doctor. You know, I'm the, you know, I'm this guy's trainer. Right? Happens in hockey all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and he, he doesn't know Jack. Right? So, you know, when you – I became a, an elite coach by being put in a situation that I thought I was special playing in the university and get to the Lakers and learn I wasn't special that these guys were really special. And Pat Riley was really special. You know, you walk on the court and you're, pl- you're, you're playing with four Hall of Fame players and a Hall of Fame coach. You learn a whole lot fast if you're responsible for feeding your younger brothers and sisters. And so that's why, you know, I was able to say, you know, it's about the math. And you must learn there's a mathematical way to make your team better in basketball. Um, so people, you know, I just say, you know, the training, you know, doesn't regardless of the money, Whatever half the games are going to be lost in the NBA, they got the best training facilities you know in the world for basketball, and you still got a lot of dummies touching these athletes. Then that's just the way it is because people want to be comfortable, and the comfort level gets in the way of do I send them to the best person? Period to train and I, in hockey, you know a lot of the kids have gone to the school up in Minnesota, you know which I wasn't aware of. Um, they they have a great history of. Uh, of developing all-star type of players. And, and I think that's what you have to do. If you have the money and there's one person that could touch your kid and he's changing the lives of kids, you know, then, then you know, I, I would do it. And uh, it's, it's really important in the kid's life to give them the best shot. But most of the time, the guy walking in and raising his hand and tell you, you know, he's an outstanding trainer, I think less than likely. Dan, uh, we were talking about this earlier when, uh, I guess, St. Basil's where you teach, they had a football program and you're a phys ed teacher and you had all sorts of problems because you had nobody that could coach these guys who was qualified to coach and how did you guys do it and is that that's happening in basketball too I'm sure yeah we we uh we had a program for years and uh since uh, since that time in the last decade or so we don't I mean it's gotten expensive money is definitely the number one issue when it comes to equipment and training and uh etc but what we did back in the day was well we brought in guys that were playing football you know, the, the, the varsity uh, players who, who had graduated from York or from U of T, guys that we knew, and they taught us what it was like to play and what, what we needed to do in order to, you know, that's where we learned specialty teams and we learned, uh, you know, offensive uh, coordinating, uh, you know, coordinating uh, plays, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, you're, you're right. It's Part of it is apathy because you really don't have people. It's, it's considered extracurricular, you know, and when you don't have money behind it and there's no reward, 
That's that's a problem. And then you also have the problem that when you do have good people or you have somebody that wants to do it, uh, they're not trained. And, and it goes to what uh, Butch was saying about uh, coaches. You just can't throw somebody in there. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's all about opportunity. And, and, and in order to open the door for these athletes to for, for a chance to see if they're good enough, you have to give them uh, uh, the opportunity to play. And if and if uh, and if there's not enough people out there that uh, that do that, uh, these kids will never uh, have an, uh, uh, that chance to get out there and, and show what they can do. But do we have enough qualified coaches out there to teach basketball? No. I mean, it's not and even how close. far are we away? You're 20 years back. Wow. You're, t- you're 20 years back. I mean, just for this sheer reason, every gym that's built in Canada right now doesn't have enough storage for the for the basketball coach to have shooting machines, right? So these kids are practicing in three gyms, three different gyms a week. Right. So, you know, and I go back to, you know, from the time I entered high school in the 10th grade, I played in that gym and practiced in that gym all summer for three straight years. Right. So the consistency that it takes. All right. To understand, to create a home court advantage. You know, it's, it's still one of the things I think is a problem for the ACC. It's the Air Canada Center is not conducive to home court, home court or home ice advantage. And. You know, you just look at the history of any good team that has been for basketball or hockey, all right, they have not had a great home record in that building. Um, the whole fact that, that your fan base can disappear for half of a period, all right, is not conducive to helping the team win. And, you know, you, you see it, I see it now, you know, at least going to have a great road trip. Right? I mean, a, a really nice road trip for a young team. They win some games, they're consistent. Now they come home, they drop three in a row. Uh, me and Josh were driving out to the game last night. You know, a lot of excitement downtown. It's Ottawa, it's Ontario. You know, and I come out and ask, you know, what happened with the game because I'm hoping they're getting it turned around. And, you know, they, they're not going to get any help, you know, and that's that's a, that's a tough part that I think, uh, you know, their coach is going to, he probably already knows, but the building is not the best building to to get some momentum and help a team, uh, you know, win through a tough period of time. But why is it that uh, there are so many players coming out of Toronto now and going going to the NCAA, and uh, it's becoming more popular to get them to the NBA too? Well, it's the, let's just talk about the parents want them to get an education, all right? They want them to go to a U.S. school, and uh, I don't think the parents are. There are some parents are that are buying fool's gold about you know the draft, but most parents are. It's a free scholarship. They walk in a gym. They're going to practice in a the gym. They're going to practice and play in world class facilities. They're going to get a U.S. education, and that's probably the next step for. Because remember, a lot of your your basketball players, their parents are immigrants, right? Regardless of color, they're immigrants, right? And it's always important for that immigrant family to get that next generation educated if they can. And so, you know, there there I think there's currently sometimes between 200 and 250 Canadians in U.S. university, boys and girls, right? And it, it's it's a great thing because. You know, because the U.S. is so close from a border standpoint, and our our young people are more international because they grew up in a system where they got to get in the car and travel and play every weekend. You know, they're just happy to go and uh, and excited, and, and you know, they don't. I don't think they maintain or or learn any American mentalities or bad habits while they're down there, but they they take uh, advantage of, of the facilities, the education, and that's that's a good opportunity. The European kids don't have the chance that the Canadians do. The school system educates our kids here in Canada that allows them to pass the test to get in those U.S. schools. I mean, that, that, part, that part is really good. 
The only uh, the only difference in in the athletic part is the Canadian Hockey League. All right, is it's a fight for them because you know they want those kids to, to grow the grow them homegrown and build and build the brand so that they can play in the NHL. So we had two players uh, go through the high school system. I believe Andrew Wiggins was one, and Steph Curry was the other. Where did they develop other than high school? Well, Steph, both of them have NBA fathers, right? So part of that started when when they, when it came out the womb. <laughs> <laughs> but but Steph, Steph had a huge advantage because uh, I tell players when I train them that you you have to be taught to play with eleven foot rim. In other words, when you're playing at the lower level, not many guys can jump up and block a shot. So, you know, at Indiana, you weren't allowed to block shots. You had to take charges. Then I go to the Lakers, you know, and Kareem, you know, can probably go to 13 feet. So so you have to train. A good trainer for basketball would immediately show a young person, one, you got to be able to bank You got to be able to bank the ball in. You got to be able to change the arc on your shot. Uh, and you gotta you gotta be consistent with it because that'll make you efficient with the kids with eleven foot rim. So Steph grew up running around the court with his dad, and so he had to play eleven foot all the time because he was just a small guy. So the shots in which Steph has been shooting, he's been probably shooting them since he was in the fifth or sixth grade, just because if you look at the angles of the people, if he was in a shoot around or playing with his dad, you know they would swat the ball away. So he had to invent a way to be effective for taller people. So. He he was born into it, and then his dad was professional long enough that, you know, he could see all that stuff. And it's no different than my brother Chris. Chris was a better athlete than me because I was running stadium steps in college. Chris was running stadium steps because he saw me in high school with a weighted jacket. So, you know, you just you just pick up, you know, and say it's a shorter path. Um, uh, Wiggins, uh, they took him and sent him down to prep school in West Virginia. Uh, again, you know, they would say it's because of the exposure. Uh, he, he is a unique, gifted athlete. Uh, Mom and dad are both uh, world-class athletes when, when they were younger. And uh, he has the, he has a, the uh, uh, temperament of his mom, uh, which is good. Um, it kind of leaves him even keel. And, you know, he, he's, he's just blessed. He's not, most, most Canadian kids will not have what he has. And uh, they will be good. I think he has a chance to, to be great. We're going to be right back with Michael Trakos of the National Post, senior hockey writer, in a couple of minutes. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. CBLTickets.com is how you get your family up close and in the action. Canada is the new home for up-and-coming basketball talent. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the Canadian Basketball League and make an exciting sports night for the whole family that won't break the bank. Go to cbltickets.com and purchase tickets starting as low as $15.50. cbltickets.com. Give the gift of basketball. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we're just trying to get a hold of Michael. In the meantime, uh, Dan, uh, yeah. hockey uh, and the cost, and basketball and the cost, Butch. I- I don't. I don't think it's any different in, uh, at any uh, uh, different sports level. As I think, I think it, it does come down to economics. You know, uh, the the players that we were blessed to have that came through our fingers. I mean, what did we really do? Um, part of it is genetic. You know, a, lo- a large part of it. You know, you, you know, you can run fast, you can jump high, and you can you have that natural uh, talent or that ability. We gave them an opportunity. We opened up the gate. We put them on the ice. Uh, if they weren't happy with what we were doing, they would uh, not, not only that, they stayed, but they, they went on and they, um, they paid for personal trainers. They went to uh, hockey schools that they felt uh, could uh, help uh, benefit them. And then, you know, the, the OHL sells their uh, program as opposed to the American system. And it's all about choice. It's all about, uh, you know, what, what they want to do down the road. But, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of bad coaches in hockey too, just like there are in basketball. And, we're, the, the, the hockey program is fortunate because they have, um, they're institutionalized. They've been around for a long time, and they're, they're affiliated with the National Hockey League and uh, you know, GTHL with the OHL and the Junior League that you're familiar with. So yeah. it's a bit of a, a, bit of a challenge for, for, for basketball to get off the ground like that. Now, the cost of a, tri- of a kid playing AAA hockey from, the, let's say, the Adam age group right to midget, it varies from probably $2,000 to as high as $20,000. Yeah, I, I've heard some ridiculous numbers, but uh, I, I, you know, it's for a kid crazy. to play, and we, you know, the kids were playing. Listen, I can't. It's it's out there too. The the books have been open since the days of uh, Mr. Hyman and uh, the the Canadians. You know, uh, the it's not cheap. It, it's not cheap, and it, it all depends on the the team that you're going to. The higher up you go, the more uh, tournaments they have, the more programs they run, the more off ice, uh, the more uh, trainers they bring in. Coaches now are are not cheap. They've they've gotten uh, more expensive because. Uh, Let's face it, parents. If, they, if there isn't a price tag on it, or a value that they place on it, they, they feel that you're, they're not getting their money's worth. So I, I don't know, which I don't know if it's the same in, in basketball. But well, it's uh, a, the issue is that it's not church. I tell people all the time, it's not church; it's business, right? So, you know, their goal is that they know you got dollars in your pocket. Their goal is get those dollars out of your pocket and, and into theirs. And so, um, you know, I think it's you know of the of the important things I think I've taught my sons is that you know you. You know, someone says, you know, hey, let's do a transaction. Remember, you are not sitting in a church pew, right? So, you know, <laughs> people people are not honest. People are, you know, I mean, at the highest level, it's just uh, 
because it gets it gets to a point where people want to have some consistency in their life. And so whatever allows them to have that consistency, even if it's not telling the truth, you know, then then that's that's how they move forward. And uh, because uh, parents, you know, are so ignorant to what really goes on, you know, they if if someone has cancer, they'll be up all night, every night on a computer trying to do all the research around the cancer. If their kid's playing a sport and someone's overcharging them, all right, they just say it's over. I mean, I settled, I paid it, you know, and and they're putting their, their young person in a bad situation. So um, parents are just so the system works because of the ignorance of parents, and it's relied on. So, you know, that's it's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. What would uh, somebody charge a player going into a, a place you mentioned in Orangeville? What would that cost a, a parent? Oh, I would think the tuition is around. I would say sixteen to twenty thousand. I actually don't know that, but I would housing because it's housing and uh, uh, and all the training, and then you know they probably got a la carte because they. I I have been in their workout facility, and their workout facility uh, uh, is is nice, um, but again, I say you know the workout facility and the gym and all that doesn't mean diddly to me all right uh it really goes to the core of the trainer um let me give you you know let's go back to edward and carcion right edward's having trouble playing baseball and looks like he's going to be out of baseball he finds an old guy in his home country that changes his swing entirely yeah it's true all right changes his swing entirely all right and he's on the cusp of being out of major league baseball he can't play third base right and he can't hit and through that change finding the right trainer right he puts 60 million dollars in his pocket and an option and an option all right so you know it to me it goes to the core of you know if you can find a person that can touch your young person right and and change them change their mentality I hope he took care of that guy. That uh, <laughs> I imagine, I'm, I'm sure I'm, he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm right, <laughs> but but I mean, it's, it's just one of those late night things I'm watching yeah. on yeah. Uh, on MLB, and and it's got him and this old guy is telling him, nope, 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 and I guess everyone heard no enough that he <laughs> he figured out to do what he told him to do, and it carried over to to uh, his game, and so you know he's just been dynamite the last three seasons here. What I want to know is where did he get the wing, the uh, the bird thing? Is that uh, something he learned too? Or? Well, you know, I, I thought I'm not going to like that bird in Cleveland. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's that's for sure. I mean, you know, I mean Terry Francona is as good as it gets, and uh, you know, a nice clubhouse. Uh, you know, you got guys playing for him you never heard of. They play very well. Um, you know, it's Cleveland, and you know LeBron's back, so you know they're not on the front page; they're on the second page, but. Uh, Edward being there is no fun for uh, you know for a Blue Jay fan. Bautista went through a stage in his career that Cito Gaston turned him around. He it's, was struggling with Pittsburgh, and he, I think he was with six, seven different teams, and Cito Gaston turned him yeah, around. And so. I think and I think that goes to the the statement we made about coaches and 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 people that can make a difference. Some people are are skilled enough to see those quirks and, and right. change them. Others um, see something uh, unique. Uh, good in a kid, and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you a chance to play. Where do you want to play? You know, I know you 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 want to. You know, you're a winger. You, let, let's let's try at center. Let's try in defense, or you know, right. shift like that. And I've, we we've shared some stories with those kind of things too. So, yeah, I I, I believe that it's about opportunity. It's about the timing and. Uh, so many players are out there like that. That uh, there's a ton. There must be a ton there's, because there's the a talent ton. level must be huge. 
in in basketball, what happened was that uh, the shoe companies partnered with the the guy on the street to go and recruit the best high school kids away from the high school coach. In the old days, the high school coach would sit in on the home visit, and he would pretty much decide where the kid was going to school. He was a huge influencer. And the shoe company said, to heck with this, because we're paying, let's say, we're paying Indiana University, you know, $10 million to wear Nike gear. Let's get as many good players to Indiana as possible. So they said, well, you know, how do we do that? Well, we got to get the high school coach out of it. So they created, so they would go in. Tracy McGrady said, you know, Tracy McGrady said that this guy shows up, starts giving him all this gear. Ten days later, ten days later, he's moved from his high school to a private school in North Carolina hmm. for Adidas. Wow. Right? Right? That's, I mean, that's that's basically what's going on. So, you know, the shoe companies said, hey, look, how do we get these high school coaches, how do we get the parents out of it? All right? We load them up with gear. We ship them to our little private uh, fiefdoms, you know, temple, all right, and then we put them put them through the process, and then out of that process, Tracy became the number one ranked player out out of the Adidas camp. When it used to be the Nike camp was the elite camp. Butch, out of all the players you coached, was there anybody in, in a situation where he was uh, lightly regarded, and and you turned him around? Somebody that uh... well, Vin Baker, right? I found Vin Baker at Hartford University. My friend Paul Brazo, who was assistant coach at Ohio State, first-year coach at Hartford, we were going to Boston to play. I said, you know, Paul, I'm coming through, you know, come to dinner. He said, well, you come over early and see practice. I got this little skinny kid. You like skinny kids. And it was Vin Baker. And um, I, I was able to talk Mike Dunleavy not to catch the flight after the game and go back and watch Vin Baker. And we drafted Vin Baker eighth, and he went on to be an all-star, made $100, $100 million. Um but it was Vin Baker. But Vin was uh, Vin would listen to everything I asked him to do. He was, he was he's still an idol for my sons. He, he would have dinner with us on Sundays, uh, but I could get in the gym with him at any hour. And uh, he he let me explain to him, you know, uh, you got to play with eleven foot defender. And uh, he changed his game to do that. Uh, became a consistent all star. Um, but Vin Baker was was the was the, was the first one. Be, before then, it was uh, uh, Nigel Knight. Uh, Nigel Knight at University of Dayton as assistant coach. Um, team was bad. We went in. Jim O'Brien was the head coach. I was assistant coach. Uh, Nigel averaged about 30 points a game, got him into the Chicago pre-draft camp, gets drafted by Phoenix, uh, but changed his mentality about understanding how to be efficient for his team. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's about the mental part and them growing as a person. And, and I, I require them to be uh, selfish for themselves. I mean, because a selfish, a good pro is a very selfish player. I don't care. He understands how everything works. He understands that if he's got, he understands on the ice, he would understand how to give the puck to a lesser player so that he can handle it. Uh, he doesn't go around. Well, I threw it to him, or you know, I got it to him. It's, it's more response. He, he accepts more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing you have to do is to get them to accept more responsibility and then that they can control their destiny. And what happens, they get mentally hungry. And, they, and so they challenge you to fix something else. Okay, you fix that. Now let's go. Th- so it becomes a stepping stone. So f- for me, uh, it's the teaching. Let them get on the floor, bump their head, you know, do it wrong. Show them the, f- show them the film. But every day you must condition them to play against a great player, not just your playing 
hockey or you're playing basketball, you're playing football. You must condition yourself to play every possession against a great player. And it normally starts to show up once they start thinking that way. You normally see it because they go on the road and get really good wins. So in other words, they're not afraid anymore. They know who they are. And when they put their feet on the ice or on, on the court, all right, as a person, they are proud to show people what, what they are and what they represent and the hard work they put in. I want to bring up the Raptors uh, for a few minutes. And uh, they haven't been very good the past week, week and a half. Um, Solinger has come in, high expectations, looks way out of shape, not ready to play. What do you think, Butch? Well, their youth has caught up with them. Right, they, they they basically have used their veteran all-star players to cover up the fact that they're young and their young players aren't very good. So you know now you're they they run into a patch where you know the the Philly thing is you know Philly's won six out of seven or something, and you know they've got a lot of high draft picks. So you know you can get beat in Philly. I also think the fatigue is caught up with their young guys. Their young guys are not very good. Patrick Patterson is out hurt. Now they can't get into the regular rotation. And they, they have a high comfort level with what they've done over the last three years and how people go in and out. Um, you know, Case has always had to fix this, right? They've always had this issue pertaining to, you know, winning the first and third quarter and kind of let sleeping dogs lie and coast, you know, out of the game. And uh, so now the Raptors, you know, the Raptors become a, a high target on other teams' schedule, right? You know, outside of Cleveland East, who else? You know, it's 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 Demar uh, and Kyle, right? Mm-hmm. Olymp- Olympic gold medalists, you know, all-star players. You know, let, you know, let's burn their behind. And um, so, you know, they were going to go through this, and and uh, we just got to go. Casey has gotten them through this before, and uh, they got to get back to defending. But he's going to have to tighten his rotation down because the the young kids, regardless of. Uh, of what people think, they're not very good. Uh, they're not. They're not prepared to be in this situation. They have not cured, um, you know, and aged to understand. Hey, like we got all these playoff games before we get to the end of the season, have playoff games, and that's basically what they're running into. You know, highly motivated teams that the Raptors are have become. You know, outside of Cleveland, the next best target in the East, and you know they're trying to make their bones on them. The young guys aren't prepared for it. Uh, Casey's had because with uh, Patrick out. Uh, it's it's caused him to have to play these guys, and uh, I I would think he would want to go less with that and get back into his regular rotation. Uh, but you know, they're I think they build themselves as you know the second or third youngest team in the league. But the, you know that's not good. Danny, what do you think of the Raptors situation? You know what I I, I like the way uh, the, I like the way they're going. I'm I'm not a, um, a big basketball guy, you know. I uh, but I but I watch it. Okay, I enjoy the playoffs. I enjoy the NCAA. Uh, I, I think they're exciting. They're like the Leafs. You know, when you see those young guys you're talking about, I like to see them n- not so much fall on their face, but make the mistakes and learn and then become better. And I love it for what it's done for the city. You know, I was talking to my, my students the other day, and I said, there's nothing better in this city when, when the Leafs are winning, the Raptors are winning, the Blue Jays are in it. There's excitement, you know. And uh, I think they bring that brand of uh, excitement to, to the end, in our, in our case, the Toronto. And I think if uh, if they continue on this route and you you blend the old with the new and and the, you know like you said the coach gets the rotation back in the way he wants to, I think they're going to be okay. I don't I don't I don't foresee them floundering because uh, they're one of the best teams in the East. And I and I I, I look for them to give uh, Cleveland a good run this year because they were in it last year. They learned. Uh, hopefully they learned from their uh, you know from their trials last year. So 
What would we? I mentioned Solinger though, but what? Why is he? He's come back and he's out of shape. Should he be playing at all? Is he not ready? I don't think. Well, I mean, they're there every day. They have to decide that, right? I mean, my personal opinion: I never liked Gerald Solinger from high school, right? I didn't. I think he was always big, overweight. Um, you know, I don't think he's a fit. You know, I don't think he's a fit for any team. I didn't. You know, um, I think that you, if you, the time you're going to put into Solinger. You know, you put in your, the time into your younger players um, because he's playing a, a game of dinosaurs that's, you know, I think is extinct. Um, you know, the foul that he took in Charlotte was not necessary, right? You, what what message are you sending to Charlotte except that they're beating the snot out of you, you know, and, and you can hit a guy hard. Uh, you need to hit a guy hard to get Kyle or DeMar open. So, you know, like I said, I've known Gerald Sullinger. I'm from Ohio. Um, high school, Ohio State, I always said, you know, it's nothing but trouble. He's going to be late on plays because of his weight. Um, you, you can't put him on an island like you could uh, Biombo um, because Biombo's athletic ability would let him uh, defend himself when he was on an island by himself. But Sullinger, you know, most of his stats I've seen are collected on losing teams. Um, and, you know, I'm just adamant that you stay away from guys who – uh, collect stats on uh, in losing situations. There, it's not a winning situation. It's a it's a different rebound against a winner than it is against a loser. I asked this question about a year ago, and you answered it with uh, an answer that surprised me, but you turned out to be correct. Which franchise is closer to a championship in Toronto? And you mentioned to me the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Leafs were down in the dumps, but they had Mike Babcock as the coach. What are your feelings now, Butch? <laughs> Well, it's it's still it's still the same. The Leafs need two defensemen, right? They need two really good defensemen. If if Boston loses their mind and will trade, you know, a couple of those guys, all right, you know, Colorado's out of it, all right, Phoenix is out of it. They need two good defensemen, right? They need two good defensemen, and uh, and now you secure the back end, all right. And look, the the great part about watching the Leafs is something's going to happen every night, all right. You know, the puck's going to move, somebody's going to score. Right, it's 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 not boring, right? So you know, at the end at the end of the day, though, you know, the tough part about hockey, you know, is those four lines, right? You just can't put seven or eight guys out there. You know, it's it's a it's a much harder mathematical equation, but it all boils down to you know you need extra defensemen, and you know they have to play to win as many games. You know, I would prefer they go backward again this year to get that defenseman because you're going to need a young one and an old one because. Uh, you know, the time I've, the 18 years I've been here, the one thing I've learned is that you can't get enough good defensemen because if they're doing the job and, 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 and using their body to block the puck, all right, they're going to get hurt. And, um, but I see them, they, you know, they have enough offense, all right? They make a boneheaded play every once in a while, which, you know, it's just young guys do. But I think a, a really good veteran defenseman would just sit in that locker room and tighten everything up for them. Because, again, I always say that once to try to get through levels, it has to come from the players. The coach can only do so much. Once those that gets established, the coach has to become a better coach because uh, the situations that he's coaching become more dynamic, all right? Uh, they're more important. So, you know, but I, I think they're two, def- two really good defensemen away, um, and I don't, I don't think they're currently in the locker room, but – you know, that's well, one might be one might be. We're we're not sure yet about Riley, but he's pretty close. He's pretty close. Dan, what do you think of the uh, the change in the Leafs? 
Well, I'm not a Leaf fan. But yeah, you can uh, tell by your Boston Bruins. Yeah, but uh, but he brought up the Bruins, so I'm going to. But you know what? Our Bruins. Well, our Bruins. Bruins go as Rask goes. You know, uh, he's been inconsistent, so the Bruins have been inconsistent. I, I think most teams have that that uh, core. My question to you guys or to Butch is, with teams even in the NBA or or any pro sports, they they have all these this slew of players, etc. But they don't play them. To me, my attitude, my philosophy has always been: if you're going to have somebody on your roster, you got to play them. Otherwise. Move them. Give you mean, them, you give talking them. about Frankie Corrado? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about everybody. everybody in, okay. any, like even this, you know, Salinger they're talking about, or somebody else. Like if you're going to have them on your team, you got to let them play because you got to sooner or later you got to find out whether there's room for them. Uh, I like that about the Bruins because they they rotate these guys in and out and they give them that chance. And when they fall, they're back in the American Hockey League, right? And and I think that should be the rules should change so that the teams have more flexibility in, in moving guys up and down and, and sending them around so that there's no. Um, uh, free uh, free agent, or sorry, um, um, what do they call that when they let them go and, and um, they they be, they oh, waivers, sorry, waivers, they're yeah. claiming no waivers, waivers, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so th- that's that's the problem. But the Leafs, I like the direction the Leafs are going. I think you know how, how can you go wrong with a guy like Babcock? They're young, they're they're inexperienced. They're going to make mistakes, but they're exciting. They're fast and speed. I'm telling you, a lot of teams can't catch up to them and. And the goaltending's been phenomenal. When he plays, uh, you know, when he plays well, the Leafs got a chance, eh? It's Leafs. funny, you know, the the last team, the youngest team to ever win the Stanley Cup was the Montreal Canadiens in 1986. Patrick Wall was the Wall. goalie. Yep. Their average age was 24 and a half. The Toronto Maple Leafs' average age is 24 and a half. So, so what are you saying, Naz? It's a possibility. <laughs> There's a chance. No, I, I'm just yeah. telling you, yeah. young teams can win the cup though, and on, on on special years. Yeah, but right, but right, but right now, you know, um, Ottawa has found a way to stop the best centermen the Leafs have, right? And it's the, they've done it the last two games, last game in Ottawa, in this game. So it's you know most of the time it's a copycat league, right? So you know what happened is everyone else will see the video, right? And say, hey, how do you stop their centerman from being really good? And this is this is one way you do it. It's it's no different than basketball. If I, if I can't stop a coach on one play, I find a, a team that could, and let me look at the video and see what he did, and then I I change it up, you know, just just to knock him out. So, I mean, I I still think that um, that the Leafs at this time uh, they play very well. I think the city is excited uh, when they're playing. Uh, because something is going to happen, all right, good or bad, something is going to happen, and and as good as the centerman is, Marner is liable to do anything, something special out of nowhere. You know, I always worry about the little bitty guy because I'm afraid someone's going to hit him and, and and torque him and love that kid, right? But um, he he plays very well. He plays with a passion that you know deep down he's a hockey guy. I mean, he you know, I mean, he just loves loves doing it. And uh, it's got to be hard for him because, you know, playing all these games is going to harden his body. I think they'll get better and better. You know, you can talk about a goalie all you want, but, you know, I always say a goalie is no better than a defenseman in front of him. If he can't see the damn puck, you know, the puck is more than likely going to go around him. So, uh, you know, the defensemen have to be on the same page with him uh, so they're they're not blocking him from seeing the puck. And... um, you know, I mean, that's that's what has has to happen. But here's my philosophy, Butch. They've they've got to uh, Matthews. You're talking about mm-hmm. being knocked around by the Ottawa guys. But he's got to play through like like LeBron James has played yeah. through, like Sidney Crosby played through. And that's where he grows. He has to grow into that type of player. Right. Do you think Matthews has it in him? I do. 
Oh, I think I think Matthews when he decided uh, not to go to Europe and play and play against grown men, he understood that his days in the future were going to be against guys older than him, and uh, and they they were more physical. So Matthews is going to be fine. Like I said, he is. Uh, I think he's a world class center centerman, and that's extremely important. Um, but he's got to learn to, you know, he'll have to learn to adjust. But his adjustment really is about his line adjusting, right? Because his line is used to playing a certain way. So you get a different defense on that line. And it's not just against him. Now his other guys are going to be handling the puck more because he's being denied being able to get the puck. But, but there's, so, there's such a fine line now between success and failure, or the parity in the league is unbelievable. I'm looking at the standings this morning. Yeah, we, we, we were talking about oh that. Oh, my yeah. God, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, the, like the, the, the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team is three points in both. Uh, and, and we're talking about maybe six, seven, eight teams, not like, not like the NBA or, or uh, other, right. other sports where there's such a, a um, you know, disparity between the, the, the haves and the have-nots. The NHL now, it's tough to get into the playoffs. You were saying that off air, Naz, and, and once you're in... Anything can happen. You've got a great and shot. It, and it has happened in the past. Absolutely, to your point. 80, you know, 84, or 86, Montreal Canadiens, yeah. Butch, um, where, where do you think the Raptors are going to end up? Same place they did last year. I mean, it'll be... Uh, the Raptors' issue for the last 10 years has always been uh, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, and uh, Paul George. That's that's the issue, that they they um, haven't been able to deal with them consistently and get them stopped all-star to all-star. So that's that's really, you know, what's what's what the problem is. And then LeBron's got Kyrie. Kyrie plays very well against Kyle when he, you know, it's – it's it's all it's in one or two matchups. Everybody's going to show up and do their job, and then it really boils down. Historically, it's boiled down to the All Stars against the All Stars for the Raptors, and uh, you know this is this is this is not a new problem. This has been going on for forty years. That Bird and Magic, you know, they, they one comes from the East, one comes from the West, and you know Bird gets through you know uh, the Pistons, he gets through the Young Bulls, you know. And the Lakers play their way, and the stars end up aligning, and and that's how you know the NBA grew immensely. And right now, um, the Raptor brand has grown immensely by getting in the playoffs, and then uh, you know playing numerous games. But we've not had that statement series by one of our All Stars where he just smoked somebody from from day one, and it all boils down to the issue with Demar, DeMar not being able to guard his position. I see that him that he's better this year, but he's got to grind it out and step up, and he has to be able to guard Paul George. He has to be able to guard Jimmy Butler and win that war. And it's not easy. That you know, I'm not talking about you know sisters of the poor, right? These are immense athletes that are six seven, six eight, his size, probably stronger than him. Um, and in my mind, it's got nothing to do with the money. It's just the matchup. Right? Who cares if you're making? You know, it, when it's time to play, it's irrelevant because the guy is going to guard you to stop you from scoring, and you have to guard him to stop him scoring. We have to wind it wind it down here, guys. Uh, Dan, thanks for coming in. Uh, oh, it was great. It's great a pleasure to hear you. Anytime, yeah, Butch, yeah, thanks. Good luck. Uh, good luck on the league, and uh, I think Wally and I are showing up next Saturday. So we'll. That's scary. That's, that's scary. really that's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're welcome, and all your fans are welcome anytime. Okay, thanks. See you next great. week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.